0: As I said at the beginning of the service, we're about into the third sermon on the kingdom of God. I think it's important to preach about the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is something that we as Christians, we talk about it a lot, but sometimes it's hard for us to really understand what it means. We've described the kingdom of God as the rule or the the reign of God actively present in and among God's people, but it's it's not something that's just individual. It's not something that's just internal. Uh, God's rule and reign is seen in the world, um, even as Christians live among uh, the people of the world in our work in our times of leisure, in the things that we do. It's God's redemptive rule shown forth in the world as He dwells with His people. This morning we're going to talk about the value of kingdom life, or the value of the kingdom of God, how important it is. So we'll just get right down to it have a short passage, three verses, two parables, one point. One big idea, that the, the value of the kingdom of God is worth everything and anything. It's printed for you in your bulletins. It's Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46. So, hear now God's word. The kingdom of heaven, it's like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and he sells all that he has and buys that field. Before I finish reading, understand that in the days of Jesus, if there was something of value in a field, it belonged to the person who owned the land. So if you're going to own the treasure on a land, you have to own the land first. So this man goes and buys the field, not because the field is important, but because the treasure, on the field, treasure in the field is important. So buying the field is buying the treasure. Let's start all over. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and he sells all that he has and he buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it it 's god's word let's pray. our Father in heaven, we come to you now, realizing that without your help, we can't find the treasure that is yours we can't find the pearl of great price we Without your help, we have no hope of even understanding what this passage is all about. So I pray this morning your spirit would overwhelm us so that we would see the kingdom, so that we would value the kingdom rightly. And as we value what you have done for us, would we live in light of those things, even as we hear your word this morning. In Christ's name, amen. I want us to consider three things this morning. I want us to consider what it means to find the kingdom of God. Secondly, I want us to understand what it means to value the kingdom rightly. And then lastly, if we value the kingdom, we'll find the kingdom, and then we'll live in light of that kingdom. So, so really, we could say it like this, finding the kingdom, valuing the kingdom, and living in the kingdom. What does all that mean for us as God's people Here this morning. First of all, finding the kingdom. A passage says this: the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man finds. It's also like a merchant who's searching for fine pearls. And as he's searching for fine pearls, he finds one that's better than the rest. The kingdom is not simply a treasure where it's not like a treasure, it's not simply like a pearl. Rather, the kingdom is like the situation of a treasure hidden in the field. The kingdom of heaven is like the situation of a merchant who's searching for pearls. And Realize that one man who's walking through the field seems to find that treasure by chance. He stumbles upon it. He's surprised. In the second parable, the merchant, he is looking intently. He's, he's searching for something of value. The first parable, the treasure is hidden. It's not easily seen. In the second one, there's one pearl among a group of a bunch of pearls that's more valuable than all the other pearls put together. Realize that the the first parable, the the man walking through the field, he's probably a day laborer. He's He's a common worker. More than likely, he doesn't have a lot of resources. He's not rich. On the other hand, in this second, since pearls were highly prized during the days of Jesus, the merchant is probably well off. So you have a poor fellow, you have a rich fellow. You have one who stumbles upon the treasure. And you have another who's hard at work looking for pearls. And what we see at the very beginning of this parable is Jesus is covering the whole gamut of humanity in every situation and every circumstance. In other words, the kingdom of God, it can be found by rich people. It can be found by poor people. It can be found by lackadaisical people. It can be found by hardworking people. The kingdom of God is for all types of people it can be found by anyone so it doesn't matter who you are this morning your past doesn't matter the color of your skin doesn't matter your socioeconomic background doesn't matter the fact of a matter the fact of the matter is that there is a treasure in a field and there's a pearl of great price Realize when you, when you look back through the, the history of early Christianity in Acts chapter 9, the Apostle Paul, he doesn't start out trying to build up the church. He's not trying to build the kingdom of God. In fact, he's t- trying to destroy it. One, one moment, he's a persecutor of Christ. And the next moment, he's calling Christ Lord. Then a little bit before that, in Acts chapter 8, I think it is, there's an Ethiopian eunuch. He's a court official of the queen of Ethiopia. He's in charge of all the treasures of Ethiopia. Evidently, he knew that there was more to life than simply his job. He takes a trip to Jerusalem to worship God. He wanted to learn more about this God. He was even reading God's Word, and as he's reading God's Word, Philip, one of the first disciples, comes up and explains the Scripture to him. The Ethiopian eunuch asks him all sorts of questions, and the next thing you know, he ends up being baptized into the kingdom of God. Both of these men are very different. They come from different backgrounds, different circumstances, different situations. And they enter into the kingdom of God. So as we think about what it means to find the kingdom, and the question that I would submit to you this morning is, where are you right now? Who, who are you right now? What's your life all about? Has it been good? Has it been hard? Are you a quick Christian here this morning? Maybe you're an unbeliever. Maybe even you've been dragged to church. In one sense, at least in the sense of the purpose that Jesus is telling these two parables, all that doesn't matter. These parables tell us that a treasure exists, that something of great value is present. And it may not be easily seen, it might be among a group of other very good things, but something of significance is present. Some things matter more than other things. So this morning, whether whether we we consider ourselves to be ardent spiritual seekers, or or maybe right now we're pretty apathetic. More than likely, all of us are, are somewhere in between. But the fact of the matter is, some things matter more than other things. And Jesus, here in these two short parables, he's saying the kingdom of God is present. And we need to see it. And and I think uh, for those of you who are Christians here this morning, we we need to admit that it is very possible for us to be Christian and not really all the time experience what it means to live in the kingdom of God. In fact, that's one of the reasons why we're we're preaching this sermon series. It's really hard to figure out what does it mean to live in the kingdom of God. But, But these parables... There's a reason for that. The treasure is hidden. There are a lot of pearls out there. And you have to see the one that's of most value. Maybe you're here and you're not a Christian. Maybe you haven't seen the treasure at all. Maybe you haven't even ha- have a clue as to, to what pearl is better than another. For, for both of us Christian, un- non-Christian, there's a reason that you're here today. Because that's what we do at this church. We remind ourselves of what it means to have a king and live in the kingdom. There is a treasure, and you can't always see it. The world is full of all sorts of pearls. That's the way God has created it. But there is one that's more valuable than the rest. Have you thought about what it means to find the kingdom? Can, can we all at least acknowledge that some things are better than other things? Can, can, can we also all agree that the world does offer us some very good things, the good things that God has created, but maybe one thing is better than the rest? We all need to see the kingdom of God. That's why we're here this morning. But if we're gonna see and find the kingdom of God, we need to know what's most important. We need to know what's most valuable, which leads to our second point the value of the kingdom. And by, and by the way, this is the main point of both these parables. What Jesus is trying to tell to the people listening to him, what Matthew is presenting to his readers, is that the kingdom of God is of supreme importance it's most important, it is more valuable, it is better than anything else. The value of the treasure, the fine pearl, Jesus is saying, and this is pretty radical, the kingdom of God is worth every and any sacrifice. And realize the treasure that is not easily found once it is found, you see the man going off and he goes off with great joy. So much joy that he sells all that he has and he buys the field so that he can have the treasure. And the merchant who is searching for fine pearls, when he finds that one pearl of great value, just like the day laborer, the man walking through the field, he sells everything that he has and buys the pearl. It's all about the surpassing value of the treasure and the pearl, and it's more valuable than anything else they had. When we speak of value, particularly related to this passage that we're reading here this morning, you need to notice two things. Notice the resolve of the men to get the treasure or the pearl. They are resolved to do whatever it takes to get whatever it is that they have found, that they see that's most valuable. They're going to get it. Secondly... The accent is not on what's given up, but rather on what they get in return. There is a certainty here about what it is they're doing. They both know the value so much so that they don't care about what it's going to cost them in order for them to get it. Now consider this. What do you think these two individuals look like to the watching world, if there were people around and they were looking at the man walking through the field or, or looking at the merchant in search of fine pearls, what do you think they were thinking? Because look, the treasure can't be seen. And, and the pearl, it's just one among many pearls. I, I think that the world that is watching, the people that are aware of what's going on, they look at the man or the men. And they say they are either foolish or impractical. In other words, those watching, best case, they're going to say, I wonder what these fellows know that we don't know. Worst case, they're going to say these guys are ridiculous, they're ignorant, or they're foolish. The world that that is possibly looking on, they are saying "These, these folks... They're, they're nuts, or at the very least, they're weird, they're odd. The question that I want us to consider about valuing the kingdom is, what is it that makes us think that in and of ourselves, we know what is most valuable? Have you ever thought that, that our value system, how we determine what is most important, most significant, have you ever thought we might be wrong? I mean, consider this, e- even in Matthew's day, you know, as Jesus is speaking to the people, you do realize that everybody knows and everybody is looking for the kingdom of God. The-, the idea of the kingdom is not new in the Bible. All the people listening to Jesus, they were expecting big things, they were expecting the kingdom of God, and we didn't read it, but, but prior to our passage. You know what happens when Jesus starts preaching, using parables to explain the kingdom of God? You know what happens? The crowds start getting smaller. The people start moving away. And they start moving away because they're disappointed. They thought the kingdom of God was going to come with worldly wealth and worldly power and worldly influence. They thought the kingdom of God would come through an army of might, not a suffering servant who dies on a cross. You see, even in Jesus' day, their value system, how they determined what was best, they were wrong. I do remember even as I was preparing for this sermon, I, I listened to Derek Thomas. Sermon. it had to be over 10 years ago, on the temptations of Jesus Christ. It's in Matthew chapter 4, and he's specifically talking about the second temptation in Matthew chapter 4, where the devil takes Jesus up to the top of the temple. Do you remember that temptation? Takes him to the pinnacle of the temple, and he he tells Jesus, throw yourself down, for God promises to protect you, Jesus. Even quotes Scripture, because it's true. God promised to protect Jesus. So the devil takes him up to the top of the temple and he says, prove it. Remember how Jesus responded? Jesus said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Derek Thomas, in his sermon, he said, now think about that. If, if we were watching this take place and there's a big crowd watching the devil and Jesus go into battle and we, heard, we overheard the devil tell Jesus what he needed to do, what would all the people have done? I can't remember the exact story, but it was like all the people would have said, yes, Jesus, do it. Right? CNN would have been there. They'd have broadcast this to the whole world, and everybody would see that, that Jesus was king. But that's not the way Jesus worked. Is it possible that maybe the way... We value things. Maybe what we consider to be most important. Might we be wrong? There's so many ways to apply this. Let, let, let me give you three. Politics. I, I'm, I'm an old political science major, long, long time ago. You really think that um, Democrats, Republicans independence, whether you're a capitalist, whether you're a socialist, whether you're a libertarian, do you really think that they have a solution to the problems of the world, let alone the problems of the human heart? Do you, do you really think that? Let's do something a little bit harder. I think that's a, that's a given. What about friendships, relationships? Relationships. Friendships are good, right? God has created us to have relationships with other people. He wants us to be in community. Friends are really, really good. Let me ask my Christian friends. Do you have friends that don't know Jesus Christ? Do you have friends that that don't know anything about the kingdom of God? Do you socialize with people who have never heard about Christ? Have you shared the gospel with them? Or are you afraid they might think you're weird? Or are you afraid that they might think you're ignorant? There's a value there, right? It's selfish. You're more concerned about what other people think of you than whether or not they'll spend eternity with the king of the world. One more, and this is this is gonna be offensive to some of you, but I I thought about it, so this is not me offending you, this is God's word offending you. So if you're upset, I'm sorry. But several years ago in another church in another life, I was counseling a young lady who was very good at softball. She was so good she went on to play college ball at a pretty big institution. She was making some pretty self-destructive choices. So her mom brought her into the office and we were going to talk about what was most important. How we could help. Through the course of the conversation, I asked this question to the young lady and to her mother. I asked them, how many times have you missed church how many times have you missed worshiping the God who created you to play softball? Uh, there was a stunned silence, and everybody knew that the answer was a lot. I said, that's all right. I asked next, how many times have you missed softball to attend worship? Zero. What do you value most? Is it not possible that the things that we value are not the things that are most valuable? And if our way of determining what is most important seems to be letting us down, the question is, how do we fix it? How do we get a new value system? Because if we're going to find the kingdom, we need to understand what's most valuable. If the way that we're determining what is most important is upside down, even like the days in Jesus' time, how do we get the right values? How do we find the kingdom? This leads to our last point. It's a little bit longer than the rest. Life in the kingdom? What does it mean to live in the kingdom? What does it mean to have kingdom values? What does it mean to, to be aware that there is something more important than everything else around us? So important that we'd even be willing to give up our lives for that. So important that we, it wouldn't matter whether people think we're ignorant or people think we're weird. You know, when we were raising, Josie and I, when, when we were raising our, our now pretty much adult children, we didn't always do it that well. When we did something well, it was usually by accident. But one of the things that I remember as my children were growing up, when, when they found something that was good and they wanted to pursue, whether it be playing on a sports team, it's, it's not bad to play on a sports team. Or they wanted to make good grades. Or they wanted to play a musical instrument. Or they wanted to be a part of, um, of a community with good people. When they found something good, we as parents, Josie and I, we would do whatever it would take, whatever we were able to do, we would do that so that they could pursue something good. We as parents would want to help them. If there's anything that Josie and I could do, we we would try to do it. You realize our heavenly Father is much more able and competent than any earthly father or mother. And He loves His children so much that He will do anything so that His children can grab hold of not just simply the good stuff, but the best. And God looks down from heaven and He sees His children, like like the worker walking through the field or, or the merchant searching for fine pearls. He looks down from heaven and He sees them wandering around this earthly life and He knows that we don't have a chance to find what it is that we are looking for unless He helps us. We don't have a chance to find the best thing unless He helps us. So what He does, because our Heavenly Father loves us more than we can ever imagine, He sends His Son, His most valuable gift, the most blessed good, so that we can know what is best. So we can know what is of utmost value. You see, God doesn't leave us hanging. He shows us that which is of ultimate value. And do you realize that interpreters throughout the ages have always said that the treasure in this parable that's in the field that is hidden and the pearl that's among all sorts of other pearls that the merchant finds, the treasure and the pearl, they are Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus leaves all the treasure of glory. He, lives, he leaves His great wealth of glory in heaven that He had with the Father and the Spirit, and He comes down to earth in order to buy something that is of most value to Him. And you know what's of most value to Him? It's people like you and me. It's His people. God loves us so much that he comes himself, even as Paul writes in Philippians, he says, though he was God, he did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of mankind, he humbles himself even to the point of death, even death on a cross, so that we would know who the treasure is, and who the pearl is. The treasure in this parable is Jesus Christ. The treasure is the pearl of great price. I'm sorry, the pearl of great price is Christ himself. And and look, when you see God loving you, honoring you, securing you by and through Jesus then all of life is transformed because you enter into the kingdom of light, which is the kingdom of God, which in Matthew is the kingdom of heaven. When we understand that this world is broken, when we come to grips with the fact that we are broken and in need of repair, it is the unsurpassed beauty of Christ that enables us to enter into the kingdom of God and live with a whole new value system. Let me, let me explain it like this. Gerald Bilks, who is a New Testament scholar, this is what he says about these parables. It's, it's not very long, but it's full of stuff, so listen. Ultimately, it's the unsurpassed beauty of Christ that weans us away from the substitute treasures and pearls And and makes us willing to lose all, even our lives, in order to possess, rather to be possessed by this treasure, which is none other than Jesus Christ. Now listen, he says, what we possess and hold on to with all of our hearts is actually that which possesses us. If we yearn for Christ more than anything else, he will possess us, and it is for our good. If we yearn for something created, then that created thing will possess us for our harm. Have you seen your treasure, which is none other than Jesus Christ? Have you seen the pearl that is better than all the other pearls in the world, which is none other than Jesus Christ? Have you seen Him? I do think as Christians, and this is what it means to live in the kingdom of God, so, so pay attention here, we're almost done. There is a gap between what we think we treasure and what we really treasure. If you're a Christian here this morning, we need to acknowledge that there is a gap Between what we think is the pearl of great price and all those other pearls and and what we're really doing. Do you see that? There's a gap. All you have to do is, is think about what do you spend your money on? All you have to do is is think about when you, when you go into a time of solitude or you, you think about whatever it is that's going to make you matter and, and you grab hold of something that you think is, whether it be a job, whether it be a person, whether it be a relationship, whether it be a vacation, whatever it is. If you think that there's something other than Jesus Christ as your ultimate treasure, as the pearl of great price, then then there is the dilemma. Because whatever it is you treasure most, whatever it is you seek after most, it will possess you. And the only thing that can possess you that won't destroy you is the one who created you and the one who redeemed you and and don 't think that 's odd, because Jesus here says the treasure is hidden it 's not out in the open yet there 's a lot of pearls out there, and sometimes it 's hard to distinguish between what 's just a good, good pearl and what 's just the best pearl and what it means to live in the kingdom of God is to realize as you 're out there in the world from from Sunday afternoon to sunday late Saturday night, realize That, oh, you might be seeking after a false treasure or you might be seeking after the wrong pearl and you are seeking after the wrong pearl if it's not Christ and what you need to be doing is remembering who the treasure is and who the pearl is, repenting for not seeking after him, turning back to that great treasure or that great pearl, turning back to him in faith and that's what living in the kingdom is all about. You think, you think living in the kingdom is, is all about being a great Christian. And, and it is. You should be. But, but we don't be great Christians because the world thinks you're a great Christian. You're a great Christian by realizing that you're not a great Christian and you're repenting of not being a great Christian and you want to you grab hold of Christ. That's what it means to live in the kingdom. That's when people will say, You're weird. Or you're just ridiculous. But that's what kingdom life is all about. They're either gonna say, I wonder what this person has that I don't have, or I don't like that person at all. And you know what? It doesn't matter. Because if you realize that if you've grabbed hold of the treasure, that means the treasure has grabbed hold of you. and, And that gives you great joy so that you can do anything to make sure that you don't let go of that treasure. These guys were willing to give up anything and everything. And when we recognize that right now we're really not there yet... We repent, we turn back to Christ in faith. You know what happens? God is moving us closer and closer and closer. That's what kingdom living is all about. There's something that makes life worth living. It's understanding that there is a treasure that's hidden in the field. There is a pearl that's better than the rest of those pearls, and it's worth everything to get it. That's what living in the kingdom is all about. If you're a Christian here this morning, that means that you have seen the treasure. You have seen the pearl of great price. It means you have the treasure and you have the pearl and the treasure has you and the pearl has you. And when you understand that you've been grabbed hold of, it gives you great joy and you're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that you keep holding on not as a way to keep your salvation, but because nothing can take it away. So you're going to do whatever you can do to cast off anything that distracts you from the pearl of great price or that treasure hidden in the field, and you're just going to keep moving along until Christ returns. There will be a day when that tre- treasure is no longer hidden. There will be a day when that pearl is so much more beautiful and significant and nothing dims our view. But until then, we're called to hold on. If you're here this morning and you haven't heard or haven't found the treasure or the pearl, this whole service is about lifting up Christ, who is the treasure. From the very beginning of our service, through the preaching, even as we end our service with the Lord's Supper, it's all been about Christ. He is of utmost value. He is the one that's able to to usher you into a kingdom with a whole set of different values. Yeah, the world may look on you and say you're a little odd. The world may even look on us and say we're a little ignorant. But it doesn't matter. Because Christ and His kingdom is worth anything and everything. The bottom line is, whether you're a believer or unbeliever here this morning, we all need the treasure, and we all need the pearl. Let's pray. Our great God, our, our Father in heaven, we, we do ask that you would help us now, even as we prepare to come to your table. Help us to know the treasure that is ours, Christ Jesus, our Lord. Help us to consider that even though there may be many, many pearls out there, that's there's one. There's, there's one that's better than the rest. Would we see Christ as our treasure? Would we see Christ as the pearl of great price? Would we hold tight to Him because we know that He won't let us go? Would You usher us into Your presence? Help us be aware of life in the kingdom. Help us to be a people that repent and turn from our false treasures and grab hold of Jesus Christ Himself. In His name we pray. Amen.